0: Lindsay Berra and welcome to Food of the Gods, a podcast that explores how elite athletes eat and train to fuel performance. Today we're talking with PGA Tour golfer Billy Horschel on the eve of the Northern Trust, the first of the PGA's three playoff events which culminate with the Tour Championships at Eastlake Golf Club in Atlanta in September. Horschel was a three-time first-team All-American at the University of Florida and is known for great ball striking and swing speed. He has six PGA Tour victories and five top 10 finishes in his 11 years on the Tour, and he won the FedEx Cup in 2014, but he still has his sights set on his first major. Billy, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: So how are you? Where are you? I am in uh, Jersey, up here for the Northern Trust event. So, so, uh, we start on Thursday.
0: I am actually also in New Jersey. I live about 20 minutes from where you're playing golf. And I had the good luck that I was invited to play in the media day for the Northern Trust about a month ago. So I got to play that course and I wish you luck with all of that fescue.
1: Yes. It's nice. It's obviously an area that we are trying to avoid. <laughs>
0: I was just like short and straight, short and straight. (laughs) Yeah. Keep it in the fairway. So I'm a big uh, baseball fan. I know you were a baseball fan growing up. My grandfather Mm -hmm. was Yogi Berra and his museum is right down the road here. So if you have any free time over the next couple of days, hit me up and I'll give you a tour of the museum. But um, I wanted to let you know, or just ask you, you were a baseball player growing up. What position did you play? And uh, what was the injury that forced you to quit?
1: Yeah, so uh, I played baseball for about ten years. My main two positions were second base and pitcher. Um, I was pretty good at both. I was a really good hitter. I wasn't didn't have a ton of power, but I was lead off. I was really fast. So I loved baseball. Still love it to this day. Unfortunately, I broke my elbow. I broke my growth plate. Oh no! Uh, so I had stress or I had strained my arm when I was fourteen. And so we took a couple weeks off, and I came back, and arms started feeling better. But my dad was my coach, and he said, "Hey, just take it easy; don't make any tough throws." And so, first inning, I was a cutoff guy for a guy who was tagging up on second, and you know, try to get him out at third base. And as he was tagging up, I don't know how to hold back, and so I threw a really good ball to the third baseman to get him out. And as I threw it, I heard a crack, pop, whatever you want to call it. Actually, the shortstop who was standing on second base you know, from probably about 20 yards away, heard it as well. And so it found out to be the growth plate that I cracked. And so that was sort of a sign that maybe baseball wasn't my path to professional sports, which was a dream of mine. So golf has worked out very well since then. And so, but like I said, I've always loved baseball, still do this day. And, And I've always wondered if I didn't break my arm, what would have happened? What path would I've chosen? Well, you're on a
0: good one now, too, I would yeah. say. Did you play golf prior to that injury?
1: Yeah, so I played a ton of sports growing up. Uh, my younger brother and I were very athletic, come from a very athletic side of my dad's family. Um, and so we played football, baseball, golf, tennis, I'm probably forgetting another sport or two in there. And, and so every sport sort of dropped to the side just because it was never enough time to play every sport, to play all the travel teams, to play all the. The little league teams and everything else we played. So, uh, golf and baseball were my two sports. And then my younger brother was uh, baseball and football for his too. And he played baseball all the way through community college.
0: How old were you when you started playing golf?
1: A club was in my hand probably around two and a half, three years old. We lived on two and a half acres. So, my dad would go out and hit balls, you know, after work sometimes or on the weekend when he had some time off. And I just followed him out there as any young boy falls, a dad wants to be like their dad. And so that's, uh, what we did. And so like golf was always there. Whenever I had free time, we were going to play golf courses around where we lived to go to dry range and hit balls. So it was always there. Even when I wasn't the main sport we were focused on at that time.
0: Tell me about the pond in your backyard.
1: Yeah. So we had two ponds in our backyard. (laughs) They were probably the backyard from the back of our house, the back end of our property is like a hundred yards or so. So the pond started, one started about probably 60 yards and, and was about, you know, 20 yards long. And the other one was sort of more horizontal to the property. And that was uh, probably about 80 yards and had a hit to hit 90 yards of carry. So, and then there was probably about 30 yards in between them. And so we would always just hit balls towards in the backyard or towards the corners. And if no one has cleaned out those ponds, my parents sold the house a couple of years ago, but if no one has cleaned out those ponds since we've hit balls, which I know my dad has, it's probably a thousand golf balls <laughs> in those ponds.
0: I read something on the internet that he wouldn't take you to the driving range until you could hit the ball over the pond. Was that true?
1: Yeah, so it wasn't driving. range. He wouldn't allow me to play on the golf course until ah. I could hit the ball a hundred yards in the air. Okay. He just felt like you know, when he would go out and play and see people play, he's like, you should be able to hit the ball a certain distance, carry it a certain distance to be able to play the golf course. I cannot remember what age I did it at. It's probably somewhere like five, six, seven, maybe I would say five or six. And so I remember doing it one day and, and I literally stood in our driveway for like two and a half hours until my dad came home from work just to tell him. So right when he got out of the car, I could tell him right then and there. It was a cool moment. And, <laughs> you know, it's obviously like a little goal. It's sort of a I learned early on to get things, you have to accomplish things or, or meet a certain requirement. And so that was his requirements. I have to hit the ball at least a hundred yards in the air to be able to go play a golf course.
0: Did he make you do it again to prove it?
1: I don't think so. I don't remember <laughs> he took that.
0: took your word for it. That's a nice dad. <laughs> My yes, dad would have been yes. like, all right, let's see it.
1: <laughs> I'm sure he wanted me to do it again. I, I'm sure I said, hey, I'll show you. And so, but I'm sure I did hit some balls to show him. And I'm sure it was early in the week. So we had a couple more days until we go to out go. and play golf on the weekend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know your wife was a college golfer as well. Do you guys golf together?
1: You know, amazingly. We, when she played college golf and we were at school at the same time, we probably only played maybe three times together. Her coach wasn't a big fan of the women's team playing with a men's team when we had time off or doing practices and everything. And with her three wrist surgeries and when she got out of college, she wasn't really, she just wanted to step away from golf. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't until this past, probably two months ago, that she really got back into the game of golf, practicing more, playing more. We spent our times in our summers in Aspen. And so she signed up for the uh, ladies club championship. She won that. She set the course, women's course record from the red tees. And then she moved back to the she normally plays, the blue tees there. And she set the course record for the women on those tees. She may have beat the men's course record. I'm not sure just yet. Wow. We're, st- we're still trying to figure it out. So we've actually played a lot more. I think we've probably played now six or seven rounds in the last month, month and a half. So it's fun to see her getting her little fire back for the game of golf. It was always gonna be there, but with having kids and doing so much other stuff, it just wasn't, you know, the time was sort of uh crunched and now that she's got the little fire back and and want to go practice and play more. So uh we're playing more now and she's gonna sign up for some women's competitions here and possibly next year. That's awesome. You better look out. I know. I told her, I said hey I'm fine staying home, and you going out and playing golf and trying to make money. I'll I've done this the, enough. I'll watch the kids. <laughs> yeah, I'll get a nanny to help me wash the kids.
0: <laughs> so this is obviously a health and fitness podcast. So a big overarching question for you: We've seen a lot of golfers bulk up lately, like Bryson DeChambeau. We've also seen a lot of them just get into better physical shape, like Scott Stallings and Phil Mickelson but we also see a lot of chubby guys and kind of skinny fat guys playing amazing golf. So what are your thoughts on physical fitness in golf as a whole?
1: I truly believe that I think the more in shape you are, the better you have a chance of of competing at a high level and competing the longevity of that as well. Uh, I come from my dad's side of the family. My dad's very athletic and very much in shape. And And so he took care of himself very well and still does this day at 69 years old. And so fitness has always been in my life. I probably go through spells like everyone in this world where I'm really working out a lot. And then I'll go a couple months where I'm just like, okay, I'm just not going to do a lot. There's so much going on with how much I'm playing and, and so much stuff going on at home that sometimes... It doesn't seem like there's enough time in the day to to get the workout in, but there really is. You just got to prioritize a little better. So I think golf's a weird sport. We are athletes. We are very athletic, but when you look at it in terms of other sports and baseball, football, basketball, these guys are in the best physical shape. Same thing as soccer. These guys are physical specimens. But I think what you're seeing now in the game of golf is you're seeing these guys take better care of themselves really work out in the gym because they're seeing the benefits of that. They're seeing it week in and week out. And I think Phil Mickelson's a perfect example of that is yes. You look at him, you know, 10, 15 years ago, he was a guy who was chubby, had a lot of extra weight, was overweight and he played well, but I think it caught up to him as he got older and realized that the energy levels, the way his body felt on a regular basis, a day-to-day basis, was very different. So for him to get in better shape, obviously I had arthritis or arthritic issue that he had to force him to do it. But now you've seen the benefits of it. Same thing with Scott Stallings. I think he had a low testosterone level. And so him getting in better shape has allowed him to feel better about himself. Doesn't mean you're always going to play better, but I think the gist of it is, and for me is if I'm in the gym, I'm doing a great workout. I get my workout in first thing in the morning. So how I like to work out. I feel great about myself. I felt like I've accomplished something right away at the beginning of the day.
0: When you go through these fits and starts with your fitness times, when you're really working out a lot and times when you're not, how does your golf game feel different?
1: You know, I think the thing for me is I, I just did one, you know, this past summer where I was working out a lot at the beginning of the year. And then it just got where, you know, being on the road for six out of eight weeks, trying to fit a workout in around the whole golf. And sometimes, you know, if we're not playing well, I'm, or I'm not playing well. I'm really grinding on the range. So I'm spending a lot more time at the course. If I don't get that workout in first thing in the morning, I'm not a really great afternoon workout guy. Mm-hmm. So even if I have time in the afternoon, I just don't feel like the energy's there. And so I feel like sometimes I lose power. I don't feel as powerful. I don't feel as explosive. So that's a big thing that I realize is past the little, sort of break that I need to really at least maintain doing something on a regular basis, even if it's only 30 minutes a day. And my workouts aren't a couple hours long. They're they're maybe an hour long at most. I can shorten them up to be 30 minutes and cut some things in and out that I don't really need to do on a regular basis. But my goal for the rest of this year and going forward is really trying to maintain being on a regular workout schedule and and getting up out of bed and getting into the gym and get it done because I do feel great about myself. It just gives me a great feeling that I have accomplished something to start the day off.
0: What types of workouts are you doing during the golf season?
1: So a lot of my workouts, I don't change them. Uh, My trainer and I, we don't do anything less than what we do at uh, home. So I would say on week and off weeks. I'm still doing more explosive and lift sessions and stuff as I would do on my off week. But maybe come Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it's more, hey, let's pull back on it. Let's maybe uh, only do it one of those four tournament days. Let's cut down on how many sets, how many reps we're doing. I'm also making sure in between my, I guess, my explosive days, what we call explosive power days, we're doing corrective exercises. So certain areas that I know I get tight, areas that I have limited mobility or areas we're trying to focus on to maintain the mobility, we're getting those in between those explosive power days to, to make sure the body's still functioning the proper way just to be able to convert the energy and the power to be able to ball as far as we can.
0: I watched your segment on PGA Active, and you were saying that you're in better shape now at 34 than you were at 26. How have your workouts evolved over the years to allow for that improvement?
1: I think working with my new trainer, Alex Bennett, we've been together for four years now. He's a young guy, he's very knowledgeable, but he's always trying to learn. I mean, for example is three weeks ago, we sort of tweaked our workouts a little bit, went through an assessment. Again, I came and I said, Hey, listen, I haven't done much last two months. I mean, I've been warming up before our golf rounds. I've been doing a little bit of what we've done, you know, majority of the year, but I haven't really hammered the workouts the way we need to. So let's just go through a quick little movement session, assess where we are and, so my thoracic spine was a little tight, my T-spine in the mid-back. And so he's been doing some research and looking at some things. And so he's realized some stuff with the neck and the way the neck, mobility in the neck can, can cause some tightness in the mid-back. So we've got some workouts now or some exercises where we've got a band around the neck and it looks mm-hmm. like I'm going to snap my neck in half and I'm holding it back and doing some shoulder flexions and mobility and that way to open up the mid-T-spine. and, and so. I think what has changed from 26 to what I am at 34 is the knowledge of what I understand about workouts and how the body needs to move. But also, I've had some great trainers in the past. This young guy, Alex Bennett, has been unbelievable in the sense of incorporating the mobility and that aspect I need to have in golf, but then adding into the power and explosive aspect, which I've always felt was huge, you know, combine those two. So, I'm getting a great workout on a regular basis and and we got it broken up into segments to be able to maximize what my body's able to do.
0: We just had Misha Tate, the UFC fighter on the podcast, and she posted a video doing these banded neck exercises Mm because it gets her ready to take punches. So you'll be ready in case you meet (laughs) any crazy fans.
1: No, I don't (laughs) think I have to worry about taking punches, you know, but I mean, fighters are unbelievable in what they do in, in the workouts and everything. So it's really cool because I think a lot of our speed work, we're seeing that the more speed the body's able to generate, which we've always known can leads to hitting the ball further. But certain people, like my body moves, I can rotate my body very fast. My arms lag behind. So I've got to do more speed in my arms, get the speed out of my arms into my, match up my body and so dr tom house i've read a lot about him what he's done with tom brady over the years and baseball players and sense of increasing their arm speed to be able to throw the ball faster or be able to throw a football farther you know that's correlated into to golf and then now like golf speed exercises are a lot of are going into some of the, the hitters in baseball mlb and what they're doing in training so it's funny how i think golf is now looked at hopefully as an athletic sport. And so we're combining some stuff that they do in football and baseball and some other sports to get the most power out of our bodies, be able to be as successful as we can on the golf course.
0: It's funny. It is a small world. I've been working with Tom House for the last 18 months on his pitching app called uh, Mustard. So I get to talk to Tom a couple of times a week. He's terrific.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. He's uh, a legend in the baseball world, but even the football world now with, with Tom Brady and everything. And so it's, it's pretty cool to see. I, I was excited when some of the stuff I started doing a few years ago was stuff. Tom house worked with TPI on and everything. Yeah. Like, Oh my God, Tom house. I'm a former, I love baseball. I know who he is. That was so cool for me.
0: And the, the mechanics of listening to Tom talk about the pitching delivery and the importance of hip and shoulder separation and storing your torque for as long as mm-hmm. possible applies perfectly to the golf swing. Absolutely.
1: Correct. It's really cool to see people in other industries and what they've learned come into the golf world and sort of collaborate with some of the great minds in golf being like Dave Phillips and Greg Rose TPI. And so it's just really unbelievable to to see those guys come together and and really take the sport of fitness and flexibility and mobility and power and everything and take it to another echelon that we are in, in golf now.
0: Are there particular exercises that you've learned over the past couple of years that you can't live without now that you feel are just super necessary to maintaining your golf swing?
1: I think to me, what we've learned over the last three or four years is I have limited mobility in my internal rotation, how much my internal, I can rotate into each leg with the hip turn and everything. So I've got to really make sure that my back, my T-spine is very mobile that my lats are very flexible just so I can get more turn and, and build up more of that rubber band effect a little yeah, bit is what we cool. like to call it because I can't get a big enough hip turn to be able to store even more power in my hip. So I've got to be, it's more my power comes from more of my core and upper body. So we're making sure that's more mobile and flexible. So just certain things Alex has given me to open up that T-spine a little more, open up the lats, And then from there, once we can open them up, we're trying to build power, a lot of lat downs, making sure the core and the ribs aren't flared out. Sometimes our ribs get flared out. And so that doesn't allow a lot of flexibility that the sort of obliques get real tight. So just little things, everyone's different in what they need. And Alex has done a really good job of sort of curtailing that to me. And we've added a lot more um, medicine ball throws to sort of build up that power. Like I said, I, I rotate very well, but I don't do really well with with getting a lot of ground force reaction. And so we're trying to do a lot more slams where we're slamming stuff into the ground. I'm having to sit, you know, I'm in, in a split squat. I'm um, doing some overheads where I have to really push down into the ground to get that power.
0: Mm. Are there exercises that you love to hate? The ones that you know are super good for you, but you can't stand doing them.
1: Oh man, I hate. Oh, I don't hate. I. I love doing legs I, I feel like my legs are really strong. My left leg is by far stronger than my right leg. I <laughs> even though my right handed golf and everything, then my left leg, my power leg. I've always kicked my left leg, I've always jumped off with my left leg. So doing leg exercises feel really good, especially when you feel you see your, you know the weight you're moving. But the ones I hate is when he has me lift weights doing some squats and some other stuff, and then he puts me into, you know, maybe a split squat or something, and I'm having this do 10 reps or something, just sort of be in that position for those 10 reps. And the legs just burn after third or fourth set of them. And I mean, they are on fire and I, (laughs) I absolutely hate them. There's a, Oh, and I hate doing the Bulgarian squat. Bulgarian squats are just nasty little suckers. It's Um, really funny.
0: How many pro athletes do not like to do the single legged squats? We had a hockey player on who's not a fan of the split squats. It's crazy. They're hard.
1: They are hard but it's a great way for building up power but also building that that sort of endurance and that muscle to hold you in that position and hold that power that you got to have yeah
0: I want to give some people some perspective here so many of us golf hacks show up at the driving range take 10 swings and we go out to play what does your warm-up look like for a round of golf
1: so <laughs> it's
0: more than 10 swings I'm assuming
1: yes <laughs> no one has to do what I do I i'm I'm very extreme, even four guys on the p j tour so before around the golf, I roughly show up about three hours for my tea time at a golf course. I spend forty five minutes roughly in the gym, just getting my body moving, getting things activated, getting things ready to fire another four, 30, or forty five minutes to have some breakfast or lunch, and then I start my warm up like i said i'm I'm probably one of the most top ten guys who start their warm ups. You know, way ahead of everyone. So I start warming up 90 minutes for my tee time. I spend about 15 minutes on the putting green, just going through some technical, you know, I get a chalk line down, hit some putts on a chalk line, make sure my stroke is, you know, on the path and, you know, just sort of, I'd say calibrating everything that morning on the putting green. I go to the chipping green for about another 10, 15 minutes, hit chip shots based off shots I'm going to have on the golf course. Maybe there's more greenside bunkers we're going to be hitting into if we miss a green. So maybe it's more focused on greenside bunkers or the greens have a lot of runoff. So I'm hitting chips from runoff areas around the chipping area or practicing out of the rough. Uh, And then I go to a range, hit balls for about 30 minutes, hit roughly about 44 balls. We've got it down to a science. Now we started doing this about two years ago, you know, five balls with a certain amount of clubs and then some three or four balls with, five or three then about six balls, a driver. I've got my track man out just sort of see how far the ball's going. And just give me a little feedback. And then it's back to the putting green for about another 15 minutes to work on long distance, you know, just getting the speed of the greens, work on some mid range putts, and then it's off to the tee. So I tell people, I said, we are getting ready to compete. We're no different than a baseball player, yeah. NFL player, a basketball player who's getting ready, getting their body right, getting their mind right, really being completely warmed up. So when that gun goes off or we're announced on the first tee, we feel like we've done everything we need to be ready for that round of golf. But I would tell anyone, they say, how long should I show up to the golf course? I say show up at least 30 minutes. We have actual 30 minutes to warm up. Spend about 10 minutes hitting some putts, long putts, really get the speed of the greens, spend about 15 minutes of hitting balls. So that's 25 minutes and then maybe five minutes of chipping. And then, you know, you can go tee off, but I do say you should probably hit some type of stretching or a little 15, 20 minute warm-up, whether it's at your house, whether it's yeah. at a gym at the golf course, like that is more vital than anything and making sure the body is flexible enough or is warmed up enough to be able to make the golf swing. It's amazing to see so many guys struggle, man. They say, I played bad the first nine holes, but man, I, I really started striping on the back nine. I so said, because it took you two hours to get the body <laughs> warmed up in and, and the move because you got the golf course. So you maybe only hit, you know, obviously you shoot 45 and you had 18 putts, you know, that's 25 shots roughly that you hit on the nine holes. So it took the body a little bit more to get stretched out and engaged and everything and be able to play golf.
0: It's so funny because you see so many people just jumping out of their cars and then wondering why they're not making par on every hole. You know what? You got to want to play like a pro. You got to warm up like a pro.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm 34 years old and, and yes, I'm still very young, but it's very hard for me today to wake up and go straight to the golf course and maybe hit balls for 10 minutes and go play. I could still play good because obviously I know what my body can and can't do, but I wouldn't feel great. I'd be like, God, man, my body just feels tight. I don't feel like everything's working in the way it needs to. The sequence feels off. So I don't do that anymore. And and as anyone who's sort of getting over the age, close to 40 and beyond the body is a lot tighter every morning you wake up. And I feel it now at 34. And so it needs to be warmed up a little bit, be able to make a golf swing.
0: (laughs) A little bit of a gear change here. What does a day of eating look like for you?
1: I'm very aware of what I eat. I wouldn't say there are guys out there that are very regiment and what they eat and what they can eat. Um, I think probably about four years ago I did an allergy test to see, you know, certain foods I'm allergic to, um, realize eggs. I'm um, a sort of got a moderate allergy to nothing that I break out or anything, but my stomach just feels unsettled. And so I cut out eggs majority out of, out of my diet and I'm very, You know, just making sure that in the morning, I'm getting some protein, getting some carbs in there, just to get some energy, uh, try and eat somewhat healthy every week. We have really good food options and, and some food options are even more, more delicious, but may not be the greatest, you know, they got great waffles and pancakes out here. And I, I'm a, I'm a stickler for having those. And so I may have that maybe one or two times early in the week, but like I said, I'm not regimented on, I mean, I guess if I am regimented anything, I'm aware of how much I eat and making sure I have my calories are about right. I don't, I try not to overeat too much. I have a massive sweet tooth, so I can go on spells where I can eat, you know, there's a cookie or two lying around as I'm walking outside the clubhouse to go back. I may grab it once in a while, (laughs) but like I said, I'm not regimented. I mean, I have a really good breakfast. I try to eat some yogurt, some berries, bananas, parfait, Um, Today at the golf course, I did a bagel with peanut butter and two bananas. So that was majority of what I eat, maybe oatmeal with some berries. Lunchtime, it's tough around, you know, when we're playing tournaments because if we tee off in the afternoon, usually lunch isn't out by the time we start practicing. Usually it's sort of a late breakfast. Out in the golf course, I've done very well of, of making sure I keep the nutrition up. I love go macro bars. I got turned on those about two years ago. So I'm a big fan of those. What's your favorite Uh, flavor? Oh, it used to be almond and banana, almond butter and banana, I believe it was. And then now it's double chocolate chip and peanut butter. And then I like the peanut butter one or the peanut butter chocolate chip. And then the peanut
0: butter chocolate chip is the one that I like.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Love that. And so I actually, this is a baseball player in me. If I've been eating the double chocolate chip and I, let's just say I haven't played great. I haven't played bad, but I haven't played great. Then, then like the next week I'll go peanut butter, chocolate chip, change will course. Superstitious, switch it change up. the flavor. Yeah. <laughs> I'll change the flavor a little bit. And then now I've got a third one I can add in there. I think it's a sunflower butter and chocolate chip that we got. My wife and I tried and I actually like it. It's actually pretty good. So yeah, those are really good. I try to, you know, have, I would say maybe at least two or three of those around on the golf course and then come dinner time If we're coming off the golf course late and, and we got an early tee time. It's tough to beat Chipotle. It's so quick <laughs> and easy. So Chipotle is a regular for a lot of guys on the PGA tour, but I'm very lucky I have really good genetics and I have a really fast metabolism from my dad. So but more or less, it's more about just the calories and how much I'm putting in and controlling that. And and sometimes if I'm focused on maybe trying to repair my body a lot, I'm making sure I'm getting enough. I'm more aware of and making sure I get enough protein in my body on a regular basis to help repair and help continue to build muscle.
0: Do you use any particular supplements?
1: I do. I use a lot of, uh, garden and life supplements. I have a lot of whey protein that I use for hydration purposes Bean, which is a CBD company that I, uh, investor in. We came out with a hydration product, I believe, uh, end of last year. So they have uh, three different things of hydration. One's sort of in the morning, get yourself going to help get the body started, get it firing. The second one uh, is sort of hydration stuff out in the middle around that sort of electrolytes and everything. And then Mm -hmm. after around, there's a recovery hydration packet that I have. That's really, I really focus on making sure I have One of those after every round, especially this time of year when it's really hot and we've sweated a ton and it's tough to keep all the electrolytes in there and hydrating at night is massive. That's what people understand. I think hydrating during the day, doing the sport is so crucial, but it's really what you do at night is more important than the day because if you're behind, when you start trying to hydrate during the round, it's it's not going to help much.
0: Do you find that the CBD supplements help you sleep?
1: Massively that's how I got turned on to him originally. I've never slept really well, or I, I guess I can't say I never slept really well. I was always one of those guys that I thought four or five hours and I, that was enough sleep oh, for me. <laughs> and so I got turned on to wearing a whoop somewhere in the summer of 19, started wearing it. I would think my average, was like five and a half hours of sleep. And it was, which I was fine with, but there was a couple things that I saw. I didn't recover very well. My body didn't recover. I didn't have a great recovery on average like most people after sleeping only five and a half hours on a somewhat regular basis, you can be a little cranky at times. <laughs> and I had my spells there where I can be a little bit cranky and, and emotional. And so I was like, okay, well, I, I want to get more sleep because obviously hearing about sleep and recovery. So, uh, started trying to sleep more and going to bed earlier, you know, making sure I eat earlier too, trying not to eat too late. And then, traveling so much. And sometimes the beds, if I was at home, it'd be different, but traveling so much, the beds aren't always what I'm... I like a really soft bed. And so if the bed is too firm, I roll around a lot, I move a lot. And so I'm not very comfortable. So having being turned on to being CBD, their sleep supplement, which was a a powder at the time, and now we also have it in a capsule form, has been a massive help to me. Um, I take it on a regular basis. Now I average, I think my whoop says I average roughly about seven and a half hours of sleep, mm. which is about right for me. Anything more than that, I, I just feel groggy getting up. So I'm very, very aware of how much sleep I get on a regular basis. And actually, sometimes I try to get more sleep during tournaments, especially the rounds, just because... We're so exhausted. So if I do sleep eight and a half hours, which is a rarity, that's actually a really good thing for me just to recover after rounds and everything. But I'm a seven and a half hour kind of guy now, and and it's actually made a massive difference to how my body feels and how my mind feels, especially in the morning. And
0: your wife and your caddy like you better.
1: Yes, everyone around (laughs) me says I'm a lot more pleasant now. My straw is a lot longer than it used to be. That's Uh, really funny. (laughs) So
0: So I know you just opened your first restaurant in Columbus, Ohio, Lemon Shark, doing Poke Bowls. And I really want to know how a native Floridian who lives (laughs) in Ponte Vedra Beach ended up opening a tuna restaurant in Ohio.
1: So a lot of athletes, we always want to get involved in things that we like, hey, man, this would be really cool. So I have a list of boxes I want to check to be able to say, you know, I did this, this is what I want to do. And Owning a restaurant was something I've always wanted to do. I wish I could go back to a year and a half and and slap myself in the face and tell (laughs) myself to wake up because I don't deal with the day-to-day stuff. And my CEO does and stuff I hear, I'm just like, oh my God, this is... So I feel bad for him. I did not want it to be this hard for him, but we're doing very well. And the reason it's in Columbus, Ohio is my manager, Sherry Way, who I've been with since I turned pro. Her husband is my CEO. He runs my restaurants for me. God, he did a lot of like distribution stuff in Canada, ran a massive company in, in Canada out in British Columbia. And then he opened up his own restaurant just outside Toronto where he used to, uh, where he's from. And so he did that for a couple of years and unfortunately he had to close it down. It was in a great location, but in winter time being on the water doesn't really work very well. And so I know he always wanted another go at it and it just worked out that, he wanted to do it. He was looking for something new because he was doing something these last few years before this. And so we worked out a deal where he runs my restaurants for me. And, and the reason I got into pokey instead of chicken wings or pizza, or whatever, is because I grew up on seafood. I love seafood. And, and going out to Hawaii a couple years ago, just turning on the pokey bowls and then went to California a couple weeks later and had pokey bowls for dinner five nights in a row. Oh, and my. every night, yeah, every... <laughs> I was playing really well. Once again, I'm superstitious and I was playing really well. I'm like, well, I'm going back to have a poke bowl again because I played really well yesterday and I know what I ate the night before and I'm going to eat the same thing. And then you
0: check your mercury levels at the end of the week.
1: <laughs> exactly. Then I, I went two weeks without having any fish at all because I was, I just was worn out from eating so much fish. But I, when I went, there is I mean, every time I went a couple of different, you know, five times, different times, and the place was absolutely packed. It's place I went into. And so I told my manager, Sherry, I said, I know what kind of restaurant to open up, wanna do poke bowls. So she did some research and, and found this company called Lemon Shark Poke. And so we opened one up in Columbus called Lemon Shark Poke and Makai Grill. And so we offer poke bowls, but we do a lot of grilled items as well for people who, who aren't fans of fish or that's not what they want. So we get more of both sides of customers coming in.
0: And you have two more locations
1: coming, I think? Yeah, I've got one right now, you know, on the east side of Columbus at Eastern Town Center. Uh, We're opening up our second one this fall on Ohio State's campus, which is really cool. And the third location is uh, TBD at this moment. We're not sure where we're going to go with it. We're just going to focus on these first two right now and see how it goes.
0: That's really awesome. So you've been on tour for 10 years now. What are your goals as a golfer?
1: You know, that's a great question. My new caddy I have, he worked for Justin Rose for almost a decade and Justin Rose being uh, one of the most successful golfers that we've had in this era. So, and he, and this caddy, Mark Fulcher, Pooch is his nickname. He's worked for, out on LPGA for some of the great players out there and then several guys on European PGA tour. But he asked me this question last fall and I'm not one to share my goals a lot with people. (laughs) And so I had to be like, okay, well, because you know, when you share your goals, it's not that I'm afraid to tell them what they are, but if you accomplish that, like that's unbelievable. Like you may not be good enough to accomplish that. That's the way I think about it Sometimes some people may have that come across their mind, but my talent level, I feel like I'm good enough to win every major, the four majors on, on tour in golf. As a kid, I've always wanted to be one of the few guys to win the entire grand slam. There's only five guys right now. And I think we're going to have two more guys join that rare fraternity and Jordan Spieth and Roy McIlroy, but I haven't played well enough in the majors. And so that is my next hurdle I've got to get over. I've got to play better in majors and give myself more chances of winning. I just haven't done that in my career. So I want to win the four majors and I want to win the Players championship. So I want to win at least five more times on tour. And then I want to play on a Ryder Cup team. And so mm-hmm. those are my goals as I sit here right now. I feel like in today's game of golf, if you're able to win double digits on the PGA tour, you've had a heck of a career. And if you can add a major or a player's championship or multiple majors in there, in my mind, that's hall of fame status, just because of how deep the PJ tour is now and how great a lot of these players are and how tough it is to win out here.
0: Oh, I mean, I think that if you don't aim high, you never know exactly how good you can be. So I think that that's terrific. Where can people follow you on this journey?
1: Yeah. So. My Instagram account is Ho underscore golf. I don't run my account anymore. I backed away from Twitter a year ago now, but my management team runs it. And a lot of the stuff they post still comes through me, but I still run my own Instagram account, which is Ho underscore golf. Those are all my own posts. That's all me. Very authentic. I just like people know that what is authentic and what may not be authentic. I'm always curious, like who's running this person's account? Is this guy really <laughs> posting his own stuff? or someone else posted it. So I'm very open about that. And so Instagram is all me. And then Twitter is my team running it, that they do run some things by me here and there.
0: All right, well, thank you very much for joining us. I wish you the best of luck at the Northern Trust and the rest of the year and, and on those goals. I expect to see you playing well in those majors next year. But I, I really do appreciate too. it.
1: <laughs> thank you so much.
0: Thanks so much to Billy for joining us today. Follow along on his Instagram and Twitter at Billy Ho underscore golf as he plays the final three events of the 2021 PGA season, then sets his sights on next year's majors. Until next time, for more information on Food of the Gods or to download other episodes, visit us at foodofthegodspodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at, at foodofthegodspod or email us at foodofthegodspodcast at gmail.com. Food of the Gods is a Digitant podcast production.